Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist Church. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here, and we're so grateful you're here on a holiday Sunday. For those of you who are joining family and friends here because uh, you celebrated Thanksgiving, we're grateful to have you uh, here with us as well. Most of the service is laid out in the um, bulletin, and we also have copies of the sermon if you would like them in the back. We have tried to form everything we're doing um, based on five practices. And the children um, have decorated the walls outside the sanctuary, this side of the um, walls, with uh, pictures depicting all of our practices. Um, the first one that we celebrate is radical hospitality. And the announcement today for that is that um, our dinner is coming up, and this is the last Sunday to register for that. If you would like to register for our Wednesday dinner that's coming up first Wednesday, just put dinner and beside your name in the registration uh, that comes by you on the pew. We have uh, honey baked ham and broccoli casserole, squash roll, cornbread, and this is probably the only thing you care about. It will make your decision red velvet chocolate cake, uh, which ought to be a pretty good thing there. Um, the children will be having mini hamburgers and cheeseburgers, mac and cheese, and the meal cost is $8 for adults and $6 for children. Our program, we try to have a fun program on our Wednesday dinners, is uh, Aaron is going to be leading making Advent wreaths. Uh, so if you would like to participate in that, we need you also to indicate that on your reservation as well. And there's a um, $15 fee to participate in that if you would like. We believe in passionate worship, and today we start a new book. Um, that book is in the back, um, and you can pick one up and settle with us later. The cost of it is um, $12, and it's The Journey, Walking the Road to Bethlehem by Adam Hamilton. This will be the last book uh, that we use for some time. We're going to use uh, the lectionary, if you all uh, familiar with that, as a set of readings that the Catholic Church uses all the time, the Lutheran Church uses all the time, and many Methodist churches use it. And I'd like you to consider something uh, for um, our next block, which is intentional faith development. Aaron and Katie and I have developed Sunday school materials for um, youth and children for free based on what we were doing in worship. One of our uh, extensive costs here is Sunday school materials. So I'd like your Sunday school class to consider using resources that our staff can develop for free um, that will be um, uh, directly tied to what you hear in worship either at 9 o'clock before Sunday school or at 11 o'clock after Sunday school. Um, also for intentional faith development, we have no um, youth, uh, no Sunday night programming tonight, period, um, because of Thanksgiving holiday. So you, um, when we leave today, we'll leave uh, for the day. We also believe in risk-taking mission and service, and Kenna Owens is going to come up and give us a report, uh, amazing report of the Thanksgiving box project for the community. Good morning. We delivered our Thanksgiving boxes for our mission project uh, last Sunday. Thanks to your donations, we collected $4,093. We were able to deliver 70 boxes to families in need. The most exciting thing I think about this was we had more volunteers helping us this year than ever before. This truly became a church-wide mission project. Erin invited a representative of our class to speak about our mission during the children's program on Sunday night and the children became involved by decorating each box that we delivered. The Stepping Stones Sunday School class helped us fill the boxes last Sunday morning. And we had many, many volunteers from all over our church to take the boxes and deliver them to these families. We had 23 different routes. Now in years past, our class has, um, at times, we've even delivered boxes in the dark because we've had to come back to the church and get another round and go. But this time, um, due to your extra help, we were finished by early afternoon. <coughs> due to your donations, uh, we have a good bit of money left over. And um, we're going to be donating that to um, charities in our town to uh, feed hungry families. So once again, we would just like to thank our class, the Foundations class, would like to thank you for your support in making this a very, very successful project. Thank you.
Thank you, Ken. The last um, belief that we uh, celebrate all the time is extravagant generosity. This is the way that we can um, live out our first four principles is to give of our time and give of our talents and give of our abundance to the church. And um, Consecration Sunday last Sunday was amazing. We had a number of pledges. And if you missed that opportunity, if it is your practice to pledge, um, we have pledge cards in the back. And hopefully if we have our addresses right, we're still working on that, um, you will have received one in your mailbox as well. Um, but ushers have cards in the back. So um, we start a new season today in the Christian year. Um, you know, baseball season starts in March. The um, school year starts in August. Some people's fiscal year starts in, um, I, don't, I have no idea. I just said that, I have no idea. October? I don't know. Um, but the Christian year starts this Sunday. We celebrate it by um, uh, uh, preparing our hearts hearts and minds by reading texts and scripture, singing songs about preparation. And um, typically that color is purple, and I will find my purple stole after moving uh, for the remainder of this season. Um, but as you notice, everything in our bulletin, everything in the songs that we sing, everything in the scripture and the proclamation will be about preparation. And I want you to notice that and um, uh, celebrate that with us. So we start with a responsive reading. If you'll stand as you are able and join me with the liturgy in the bulletin. How shall we prepare this house for the coming of the King? How shall we prepare this house for the coming of the eternal Christ? How shall we prepare this house for the coming of our Savior? How shall we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Son of God? By hearing again the words of the prophets, the word of God. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Glory to God Join us in singing number 211, verses 1 through 4.
please be seated. Our verse comes from Jeremiah 23, 5 through 6. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his day Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is in the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. In ancient times the cedar was revered as a tree of royalty. It also signified immortality and was used for purification. We place this cedar branch as a sign of Christ, who reigns as king forever and whose coming in justice and righteousness will purify our hearts. declares a child will be born, Isaiah 9-2-6-7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Because the needles of pine and fir trees appear not to die each season, the ancients saw them as a sign of things that last forever. Isaiah tells us that there will be no end to the reign of the Messiah. Therefore, we hang these wreaths of evergreen shaped in a circle, which itself has no end. That signifies the eternal reign of Jesus the Christ. servant song from Isaiah 53 verses 1 through 6 who has believed what we have heard and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed for he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground he had no form or majesty that we should look at him nothing in his appearance that we should desire him he was despised and rejected by others a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity and as one from whom others hide their faces he was despised and we held him of no account Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But his was, he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For for Christians, the Isaiah passage reflects the sufferings of Jesus, who saved us from our sins by his death on the cross and by his resurrection from the dead. In past times, holly and ivy were seen as signs of Christ's passion. Their prickly leaves suggested the crown of thorns, the red berries the blood of the Savior, and the bitter bark the drink offered to Jesus on the cross. As we place the holly and ivy, let us rejoice in the coming of Jesus, our Savior.
mystery of the incarnation, John 1, 1 through 5, 9 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. <laughs> he was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came into what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and lived among, lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, <coughs> full of grace and truth. As we prepare for the coming of Jesus, the light of the world, we light the Christmas tree. During this Advent, wherever you see a lighted Christmas tree, let it call, call to mind the one who brings light to our darkness, healing to our brokenness, and peace to all who receive Him. Please join us in the prayer found in your bulletin. Holy Lord, we come with joy to celebrate the birth of your Son, who rescued us from the darkness of sin by making the cross a tree of life and light. May this tree, arrayed in splendor, remind us of the life-giving cross of Christ, that we may rejoice in the new life that shines in our hearts. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. of the Advent wreath, Isaiah 60, verses 2 through 3. The prophet Isaiah said, For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ our hope. May the light sent from God shine in the darkness to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And if you would like to give online, you'll see instructions on how to do that in your bulletin.
the only time I've heard a crack like that through the council is when the minister's been too hard on this microphone. So I'm going to use this microphone. There we go. <laughs> People always make fun of me for being very visual, like a, um, a whatchamacallit, Vanna White. <laughs> we are going to read from Luke chapter 1 as part of our exploration of uh, Mary and her part in this story. Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I've been in many different settings. Uh, on the side of a hill at Lake Junaluska, in a worship service in the gym, in a memorial service in the sanctuary, in a finance meeting, uh, in the social hall, all over. And we start with prayer, and we say, Lord, please be with us today. Probably better to say, Lord, help us to recognize your already existing presence among us today. But in every case, we talk about God being present with us in that moment as if it's always a comforting, huggy, kind of sit back and relax in your chair at a sunset sort of thing. It never is. When God interacts with human beings, generally there are three phases to it, as is in this text today. One, God will surprise, if not shock. Prior to this text, God speaks to Zechariah, who is the husband of Elizabeth, who is a religious official, who is doing the normal routine. It's his um, job to be in the temple and be participating in the worship that day. In the midst of his normal routine, which is significant, it matters, but it's something that he does regularly, an angel approaches him and says, you who are far past what anyone would typically be to have children, number one, you're going to have a child. Number two, he is going to set the scene for the Messiah, the Savior of our world. A religious man, a man who has dedicated his life to studying the text and believing it, says, what? How? No. Give me some proof that this can work out. It's because it's shocking news. It's surprising news. And now on the total opposite end of that, we have Mary who is a teenager. Probably barely a teenager. Now, um, lifespans now are much longer. Lifespans then were much shorter. You got married much younger. You had children much younger. In fact, uh, one of my favorite comedians, Jerry Seinfeld, has a bit about how people used to only live to 35 and so around 21 they'd go down to Florida and retire and that's how spring break still exists today because people go down at 21. Uh, Mary is even given that quite young, shockingly young and yet to be married. Exciting, marriage is coming but it's not here yet and even within the normal boundaries of marriage, it can be quite shocking and frightening to be told that you're going to have a child. So God will surprise if not shock. God will challenge when God presents himself to humanity. To Zechariah, he said, your child will gather people. We'll call them back. A lot of the texts that we read in the hanging of the Greens liturgy had to do with prophecy. A lot of prophecy is suggesting we've gotten a little wide here. We've gotten away from what we were supposed to be doing, either because of really good times or because of really bad times. Both of them equally have an effect of pulling us off the ball. Prophets are called to pull us back. He says, your son, Zechariah the prophet, 
your son Zechariah will be a prophet who will draw people back. Even crazier, he says to Mary, your son will be the son of God. How many teenagers do you know would hear that and be okay with that? That could be pretty frightening to hear at any age, much less at her age. But the third one is the most important. God will always be there to help fulfill the promise. In every case from Genesis all the way till this text, God goes to people who never thought that they would be called for any number of reasons, tells them they're going to do something crazier than they ever imagined they would do, and then says, I will be with you, and I will be with your children, and I will be with your children's children as long as you stay with me and try to live out this promise. A promise to which God never broke. Humans sometimes struggled with it, um, but God never broke. So God will surprise, God will challenge, and God will fulfill the promise. The next verse reads, The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. That is um, talking to Mary about her son. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The significance here is that God is becoming human. And whenever I describe this nature of God being amongst us and actually communicating with us, rather than being a text that we're trying to interpret and understand, I give the image of um, customer service on a phone. Um, I've been very bad lately, I'm in a, um, a rut, and it's hard for me to fight out of it, of typing in the wrong zip code when I get gas. And when you type in the wrong zip code, 50-50, your card's gonna get frozen so that you can't use it anymore as a protection. Of course, they're only protecting me from me and fraud from me. I've lived in um, Seneca, Charleston, Mount Pleasant, Greenville, Greer, and in two instances, for some strange reason, we've moved within those moves. So I've had uh, something like seven zip codes. And while I'm thinking about something else that I've got to do, I'm just getting gas, something, oh yeah, swipe the card, uh, 29414, enter. Mm. Oh, 29414 is West Ashley, South Carolina. So I call them and say, um, hey, it's me. <laughs> it's me again. But before I ever get to a human, what do I get? We are so grateful that you called us. Here are 18 options, none of which are you typed in the wrong zip code because you've moved around South Carolina so much. They are, would you like a new card? No. Would you like this? No. Would you like this? No. No, 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 no. And then I just pick the number that sounds the closest to I typed in the wrong zip code. And then they say, if you could type in your card, that'd be helpful. Pound. We're sorry, that's not the card number that you have. Oh, that's right, there's a seven. Da, 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 da. And then you'll need your four digits of your zip code and, or your social security number. And then I get a person. And what does that person say? Could you give me your debit card number? You think this would deter me from typing in the wrong number? It, it may, it may. Um, and then that person ultimately resolves it. Imagine if that person were right there at the gas pump and said, oh, do, do, do. it's 29650. It's 29650. So that you won't make a mistake. Customer service is so often on a phone, which is so often through six different numbers, which is so often a person that may not understand you, you may not understand them, they may not understand what you're asking them, you may not understand the solution. Jesus is coming to people. People who may not venture into a synagogue, much less the temple, to then say, I'm going to show you exactly what we were talking about. You can't underestimate that. God becoming human. And the interesting thing is that Jesus will do those same three things to people. Jesus will shock them. Like the woman at the well who thought, if I go here at 12 o'clock, there will be no one here. Finally. And he's sitting right there leaning against the well. And he calls her into declaring his message. 
He'll challenge others. He says to Peter, I want you to be the rock of which I build my church upon. You know how uh, intimidating a job that is? But he calls Peter to that job. He also tells stories of never, ever leaving someone behind. I will be with you to the end of days. One of the great examples being the parable of having 99 out of 100 sheep, and that's not good enough. I need to go find another one. So Jesus says the exact same things. He shocks people. He calls them into service that they never expected. And he says, I will be in, I will be with you to fulfill this promise. Verse 34 is interesting from Mary. How will this be? She asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So as you read the Bible, are you more likely to um, read an actual book? Are you more likely to read it on your phone? I'm doing visuals again. Or are you more likely to listen to an audio Bible? You know, I know, I know it varies dramatically. I'm far more inclined, given uh, my skills and weaknesses, to listen to it as I'm doing something else. And let me tell you what you don't want to listen to in a Bible version is one individual. Especially if that person is kind of monotone. So I try to find a dramatized audio Bible, one that has the voices of each person uh, as they estimate that person would sound. And to hear this text in a dramatized audio Bible, you hear a teenage girl say that. A teenage girl say, I am the Lord's servant. Your word will be fulfilled through me. So the last phrase is, how will this be? The thing that I love about that, the thing that I talked with my friends about this uh, on the podcast this week was there's a curious confidence there. Zechariah, a man of God who devoted his life to understanding what God's will would be, said, I need you to give me some proof. A teenager who likely grew up coming to temple, likely grew up hearing this text over and over, or hearing the text over and over again, says, how will this be? Curious confidence. But then she says, May your word be fulfilled. So, someone who is barely a teenager from barely a town in a time when people barely are listening is going to be the one who brings God into our world. So if you wonder to yourself, am I capable of doing something significant in this Advent season? I guarantee that you are. You have to be willing to do three things. You have to be willing to be surprised, if not shocked, from the thing that occurs to you, the thing that you notice in the text, the thing that you hear in worship or in Sunday school. You have to be willing to be challenged beyond the thing that you would normally do. And you have to have faith and belief that God will be with you to fulfill that promise to the end. This season is so important, so critical to setting the tone for the rest of the Christian year. It's a season where we say, wow, we went away from it. We didn't do our best. But we are now called to pay attention, to prepare a way. Um, this road out here in Maine, have you noticed, has new asphalt? It's because I've heard the story about the gas line and all that stuff and the road was ripped up. If you are not preparing a way where people can come, where you can come, people are going to be resistant to come there, be resistant to travel that place, resistant to travel into town. And so they knew that, so they cleaned it up and made it a great deal better. What are the things inside of us, what are the things inside of our church that is impeding the will of God coming to us. In this season, we will be trying to remove them, to understand what God wants from us, to be surprised, to be challenged, to be fulfilled. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand as you're able to join me in hymn number 213. going to stay here so you can hear me and so people online can hear us. Um, we have two special services that we want you to be aware of. Christmas Day is going to be at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary. Um, kids can wear pajamas and adults, if you have that kind of swagger, to wear pajamas in public, you're encouraged to do so. My initial thought is to for us to bring cookies or brownies or something to the service to then take to hospitals in the area for people who are working that day, maybe firemen too. Um, something that we can offer um, to people on that day. New Year's Day will be at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary. So those two special days, uh, 10 o'clock in the sanctuary, one service. Uh, go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. <laughs>